Hello and welcome back to the Culture Trumpet podcast. This is episode... Well, it's the real episode one, actually. So um, we did the pilot. That seemed to be received well. We had downloads, so that's great. But we're back. We're going to do another one, see how it goes. We actually have a structure this time. Last time we really didn't. Well, we did, we didn't. But this time we're going to try and actually tick through some tick boxes that we've already pre-prepared. So without further ado, it's episode one. I'd also like to point out here that we are doing all of this off our own backs. It is a little bit of fun. However, if you do want to give the podcast some longevity, please do get in touch. I would assume that we would like a sponsor uh, if we want to do this for longer than two episodes. <laughs> but yes, please do get in touch if you do want to help us out. Yeah, so uh, as I guess we kick off. We've got a little bit of a structure, as, as I already said. So I guess I think the biggest thing probably this week the last few days has been the events uh, during the filming of rust lots of different sites and and podcasts and, and other sort of outlets no doubt have their opinions and, and they've kind of said their bit but i think t- to be honest i i know personally i'm just going to keep my mouth shut on it and, until the investigations are complete really and and you know i think it's pointless at this stage trying to speculate and and finger point completely agree it's not our place to say anything obviously what's happened is a horrendous accident and we aren't just going to go anywhere near it no absolutely absolutely but but i'm sure it'll all kind of come out in the wash and exactly whatever needs to happen afterwards will happen and hopefully it's uh, not something that's going to happen again in brighter news june is finally released have you seen it not yet right this this is going to be a really short segment have i seen it no not yet planned to see it at the weekend but decided not to right okay i i'm hoping to see it during the week maybe at the weekend do you Um, have any figures how it's done because obviously the first weekend is is been yeah so apparently the first weekend was just over 40 million in the states which has taken its worldwide total to 200 which is bad it's been open for a few weeks around the world in different countries from what i've read the budget was around 165 million dollars taking into account marketing costs which the the general rough guide they always say is to take the budget and double it so okay. they need to make back a good 300 350 million dollars just to break even but yeah I, I think it could just squeak that I, I think where the warner hbo max plan kind of falls down a little is is whereas disney go to you know when they did their kind of disney plus releases they yeah. were on there as premier access with a separate fee okay so you know you you could go to the cinema and watch it or you could pay you 20 pounds and watch it at home in addition to your Disney Plus subscription, my understanding is when Warners are making these films available on HBO Max, there's no extra charge. It's included in the subscription fee. Okay. So it's, so, a, it's a bit like paying for Sky Movies and, you know, you get a brand new movie. Okay, okay. Exactly. Because HBO so, is still completely alien to me because we have Sky Atlantic. You yes, know. exactly. So HBO Max, you know, it's... You, you you pay your ten I don't know what it is a month ten dollars let's say but there's no kind of premium level one off purchases on on top of that so okay. while it's a great no doubt it's a great kind of incentive for people to sign up for HBO Max you know last year they had Justice League the director's cut they've had Suicide Squad they've had uh, Sopranos film and so on 
it's a great incentive to get people to sign up because they're getting all these years worth of new films and there's still the matrix to come in in december they're losing some potential box office there as well because sure disney at least could bank on a fair proportion of their customers ponying up another 20 quid to Mm. watch black widow or cruella or whatever it might be so they could add on another 50 60 million dollars i don't know what you know finger in the air figure Mm. it's doing okay which is great and obviously the reviews are all pretty much uniformly fantastic whether it's going to make enough to to do part two is another question because i think as i say i've not seen the film but my understanding is that the on-screen title is june part one which is pretty ballsy when you know if there's going to be a part two which is one of the issues i've been talking to some friends about was nobody knew this was going to be a two-parter so you sit down in a theatre, I imagine, mm. get, wanting to get some sort of resolution, and potentially yeah. there's not. Okay, I, I think certain, if you follow the film, I think people who are kind of fans of the, the book or the film or kind of film news in general, it's been fairly openly discussed that it, it was just the first half of the book. But I think for the general public, who are not that following all the latest breaking news and spoilers and all that kind of thing would be unaware of that. And yes, I think for them, it'd be like, oh, what do you mean, part one? Sure. No, I, I, I get it. And for, for me, who hasn't seen the original, hasn't read the book, wants to see this one because it, it you know it looks good and I want my my opinion of the director to change. Because, <laughs> uh, unpopular opinion, didn't like Arrival. Stop telling me I should like it. Thank you very much. Moving on. Well, anyway, it's been really good doing this podcast. <laughs> I have the power. I can turn to. it off. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Dune looks good. Making money. Yeah. Go see it. We'll talk about it once we've both seen it. Indeed. Indeed. Is there anything else you've been watching or you've been listening to or kind of you've seen in the news this week? So, listening-wise, my music tastes are rather shouty and distorted. However, a band that I've listened to for years have had their highest album chart I think that's the right way uh-huh. of putting it, since they've been a band. So, yeah, Trivium in the Court of the Dragon, which has been out for two weeks now, uh-huh. peaked at number eight in the charts. And okay. for a metal band, that's pretty cool. You know, Slipknot, back in 2020, released... Well, they charted We Are Not Your Kind. It got to number one in the UK. Ooh. That's mental for a band, uh-huh. let alone a metal band. Yes. So, to, to see metal... Not even a mainstream metal band. Like, Slipknot are really accessible. Trivium, personally, I'd say they're not. They're not a band I've heard of. I mean, I've heard of Slipknot. They've been around for, for a long time. Exactly. I've, and I've this never is, heard of the Trivium. This is what I mean. You know, so I've been listening to that on repeat for the last two weeks because I think it's mm. phenomenal. And if you've been a fan of the band, each album they've put out has improved on the last, which mm-hmm. you can't, not a lot of bands can do that. But yeah, nobody wants to hear about obscure Orlando metal. <laughs> but watching finally finished Only Murders in the Building, which we touched on last week. And honestly, I was incredibly surprised how it resolved. Won't give anything away. We're not that kind of podcast. But once it started to unravel, it became very quick how they were going to tie it up, in my opinion. Yeah, Yeah, I I thought it ended brilliantly. The last couple of episodes, obviously, I can see why they put them both off at the same time, because after after the penultimate episode, you really don't want to wait another week to to see the last one. So so it's a a good move. And and they do tie into each other 
yes. really, really, obviously a series is sequential. I, I'm not trying yeah. to come across really thick, but, <laughs> you know, from a series that, you know, Disney have this model of sequentially releasing series, unlike mm-hmm. Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I struggled with some of the Marvel TV shows in that respect, because you were just, oh my God, this is happening. Oh my God, what's going to happen now? Only murders I could take week by week. Yes. But those last yeah. two, I would have been furious had I had oh, to wait. God, yeah. yeah. No, you're right. I think with the Marvel stuff, some of them worked really well in that keeping you waiting for, for a week. Some of them suffered. I think Falcon and Winter Soldier would have been better dropping all in one. Agreed. Because I, I could have skipped it. Yeah. I think the episodes, it dragged a bit. And, and I think that would have worked better just as one single binge. Whereas some of the, whereas the others, I think that little revealing a bit at a time, mm-hmm. keeping you waiting for WandaVision and Loki, I thought worked better weekly. But yeah, on this one, fantastic. Those last two episodes worked really well as a double bill. Yeah. The last episode, again, no spoilers, but Steve Martin's physical acting in that episode without saying a word had me in tears. Because he's been quite dry through the whole series. Yeah. Martin and- Short has been like the big, not tall, but the kind of, <laughs> uh, the, the big flamboyant character. character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Steve Martin does a certain segment in this where you think it goes one way, but it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's just genius. genius. I, I, I haven't laughed at a television programme for quite a while. And no. both both me and my, my wife were proper splitting sides with that it was, it was it's go watch it get a subscription and watch it it's brilliant it's, it's worth it it's absolutely worth it and, and you're right not not spoiling the ending but the way it wraps up was like the, there's a bit near the end where one of the characters says something and i thought yeah i was thinking exactly the same thing and the end kind of the last couple of minutes then kick in the ending is like oh now now they've you know they've announced the season two and I really want to see what they do with season two. Agreed. A hundred percent agreed. Fantastic. The only other thing that I have watched, and again, because because we live in the world of internet spoilers and idiots doing podcasts, they might talk about it. You on Netflix series three dropped two weeks ago. Okay. Do you know the premise of you, Mark, or shall I tell it for the is, listeners? Is it something st- I've never seen? It is it a stalkery kind of thing? Basically, so he, yeah. he's a he's a chap, troubled childhood. You know, you know wow. how it goes, and. He has a fascination with a certain person. He mm. goes, gets a bit stalkery, a bit murdery. Right. And then he gets in a bit too deep with somebody twice as nutty as him. Okay. And that's where we pick up a series three. Okay. So series three finished. And once again, they announced that it was going to be a series four. And I kind of thought to myself, this one needs to do something different than the others did. Because mm. otherwise we're going to have three seasons of the same stuff. And, you know, Netflix are quite good at not staying stale. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. Yeah. And again, there's lots of nice little bows on plot points that you've forgotten about. It sort of ties itself up and then goes in a completely new direction for the eventual Series 4. Okay. It's not... It, it wasn't as... Oh, I don't know how to describe this bit. It wasn't as slow as I found Series 2. Right. It, it opens picking straight after Series 2, and then it just flips it on its head, and I genuinely didn't know which way they were going to go. Okay. Really hard to talk about it without going, oh, this is what happened. But honestly, it, yeah. it, it was yeah. really good. Um, on Netflix, worth worth a binge. Get out on right. the weekend. 
Okay, I might give that one a go. It's, it's one of those ones where you, you read the reviews and a lot of people are talking about it, but it's there's so much stuff to watch. We're living on the world that everything's on demand, and that's it. Yeah, there's so much of it. Yeah. So that okay, I might I might check that one out. Yeah, I, th- I think that the only thing of note really that I've kind of watched was was the end of Only Murders. I've got a, a, a couple of films that I've picked up, but that kind of I'll, I'll save those maybe until our next bit, which is a little bit more topical because you know we like to keep on our fingers on the pulse. I think I think um, we we shot ourselves in the foot by doing an episode a pilot episode and then recording. One is going to be episode one a few days after. But hey, hey, yeah. we, we're, we're testing new technology. We need to do this stuff. But yeah, indeed, there's indeed. going to be more out. Even if we end up doing this every two weeks, maybe three weeks. Yeah. We've got a lot to come out very soon in the cinemas yes. and on yes, television. Indeed. indeed. Like, I'm still catching up on Line of Duty. Like, genuinely, I've watched an episode of Line of Duty this evening. Okay. Which, so, where are you up to with that now? I'm currently series four, episode four. Oh, okay. But... Yeah, I had a bit of time off to catch up on the other stuff that came out. Yeah, yeah. It can so be far, so get, good. It can be tricky getting it all watched when there's so many good stuff. So, it's Halloween week. Yeah, finally. Indeed, yeah. We, we actually talked a lot about Halloween kills in, in the last episode, but I was thinking it's that time of the year. So, what are some horror movies that you would recommend that maybe okay. people may not have heard of? Something older or or a bit more obscure went, went under the radar. So, I so obviously I say obviously me and Mark have been chatting for, for probably about a year now, and you know, sort of become friendly. We'll call it that way. Well, I wouldn't call you a friend, but we're I'm friendly. Don't get carried away. And we had the idea of this culture trumpet thing, and I got asked to review mm. the Babadook. Yes, you did. A second sight release. And mm-hmm. Mark now knows that I don't like jumpy films. I'm a big <laughs> horror fan. I love a, I love a slasher. Don't get I love blood and guts. Mm-hmm. But anything that'll play a cheap, cheap jump scare. So I'm looking mm-hmm. at you, Paranormal Activity. I, I struggle with that. Now the Babadook, I, it was recommended to me years ago when it came out. Mm-hmm. And it's I'm admitting this as a grown man on the internet, I turned it off because I was too scared. Oh, okay. So when the opportunity came to review it properly, I had no choice. I had to sit down mm. and review it. And Mark will remember, I put it off for a number of weeks. You did. You did. And that is going to be my number one here of, if you haven't seen it, go and watch it, because it's not a cheap jump scare. It's a really nice, slow-burning, psychological thriller mm-hmm. with this undertone of horror, and it's relatively low budget. There's some great performances and great performance from a young actor, which is... Okay. Like the kid, the young kid in it, yeah. I thought was really good. Right. So the Babadook, number one. Number two, yeah. uh, a bit more big budget, a bit more Hollywood. Mm. One of my favourite horror films of the last couple of years was Midsummer. Oh, yes. So yep. I saw that before seeing Hereditary. Mm-hmm. So two Ari Aster films. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Good. Midsummer, number one. Thought it was very good. Yeah. Again, a nice slow psychological thriller mm-hmm. with it's obvious that this is gory and you know a few jump scares. Mm-hmm. And then I watched mm-hmm. Hereditary. Now, <laughs> uh, Hereditary, there's one particular scene in Hereditary where you see the ghost-like character, I'll say, mm-hmm. h- hiding in a wall. Mm-hmm. Then they disappear. And then they come off different camera angle, legging it towards the protagonist. And I genuinely <laughs> shouted... And that was the only time in the whole film that I thought, 
shit, this is scary. Yeah, yeah. But again, that's, uh, that's a film that will play with your head, play with your emotions, and I can't wait to see what he does next. Yeah, I, I, I was really impressed with, with Hereditary. I thought it was a fantastic piece of work. And Midsummer is very different. It's, um, it's, 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 not your, no, so it's not your boo horror film like Hereditary no. was trying to be. No. It, it is a lot more emotional and psychological. I'm using those words a lot in this, but it is. It, it is. And it's kind of, the tone is very different, but it's they're, they're both phenomenal films, yeah. No, the, and, and Babadook, I've still never seen it. Made Ooh. me watch it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just one of those, heard very good things about it, and it's just never got around to watching it. But, but yeah, that, that's certainly something that's still on my list. When I was thinking about, I think one I would recommend, it's not necessarily that obscure because it got a lot of press last year, uh, but I think it, it's still one that everyone should see is Host, which was filmed during the lockdown last year. It's the, the basic premise is a, a seance over Zoom. So... This is familiar and I think has come into my circles. Yeah. Just such a, such a simple premise. It's fantastic. It was filmed basically in each of the actors' own homes, on phones and laptops, on a tight with a tiny crew. Some of the scenes, you know, actors, family and partners would would help with the filming kind of thing if if there's anything going on that needed it. But it was all shot remotely in each of the, the actors' homes use a really clever use of of the concept and it's a short film it's only an hour long you know so okay. it, kind of, it sticks to the one hour limit for zoom calls you know it's that that kind of thing it i mean really that's the attention to, to detail that i quite that, like <laughs> yeah yeah it's brilliant it's fantastic and genuinely you kind of you don't know what it where it's going to go but it okay. really really cleverly uses you know the feature in zoom where you can record a, a video to use as your background yeah kind of thing. yeah there's a gag with that which is very clever and creepy you know it at the, the different filters and effects and things like that so it's really really cleverly done did it do a better job of the video calling horror trope um than unfriended i believe it was called it came out a number of years ago honestly i don't know because i've not seen that one okay that was one where I kind of it just wasn't didn't really appeal to me. And it's, it will will be, on, will be on my list for the coming weekend because it has it has been compared to Unfriended, obviously when sure. it came out. I think the comparisons were generally that it was better than Unfriended. I've I can't say because I've never seen that one, but I thought it was just superb. And the other one I would look at is an old one called The Howling. Which, oh, yes. That, again, another film that has been in my circles for a number of years, but never actually got around to seeing it. Yeah. So it's, it's a werewolf film. Joe Dante directed, came out around the same time as America Werewolf in London. And obviously that's the one that everyone remembers. The Howling wasn't as big of a hit, unfortunately, but it's still a really good film. It's, it's not as funny as America Werewolf in London, which is almost kind of a, a black comedy as well, but as well as being horror. But it has humour in it. It's, it's Joe Dante after all, so it, it's kind of got some some sly humour in there. The effects are fantastic. There by Rob Bottin. He obviously went, you know, he's well known for the Thing, the Robocop, Total Recall. Originally, the effects were going to be done by Rick Baker, but filming was delayed, and then John Landis offered him the job for America Wells in London. So. Baker went off to do America Werewolf and Rob Bertine took over for The Howling. The reason I mention it really is because it's just had a 4K restoration 
released on disc and it looks incredible it looks absolutely stunning i've had it on laserdisc on dvd i've got the american shout factory blu-ray and this release is by far the best looking it's pristine it it really is impressive so yeah the howling if if you fancy uh, a werewolf movie that's that's the one i would go with for our younger listeners a laserdisc came before the times of dvds they did indeed so a forgotten technology it was it was for the time cutting edge and it paved the way for dvd and blu-ray and, and sure op- optical but uh, just showing your age again way, twice in two episodes way uh but yes it, it it didn't take off as a format but it certainly paved the way in terms of technology and the way films are treated in special editions and extra features and things like that cool so talking of special editions and halloween Titans of cult have announced that their next release will be the 2018 Halloween sequel. We have mixed feelings about this one. I generally like the Titans of Cult releases. They've they been quite some... good at releasing things that we haven't had for a while out. Mm. And personally, Halloween, well, Halloween has had two Silbert releases. Uh, did it have a yeah. Mondo one? I'm going with Mondo in my head. I don't know if it was Mondo. Mondo might have been in the States, but in the UK, it had, it's had two non-Mondo ones, definitely. So, you know, a film that's three years old, three special releases, I feel a bit cheated by that, especially when the second one hasn't even had its own release yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, looking at the artwork that they've kind of shown off, it looks incredible. It does look okay, to be fair, and I'm annoyed by that. Yeah, it looks better than the other two, and I've already bought the other two. Um, But, you know, with Titans Occult, their thing is exclusive new artwork just for that release that you won't get anywhere else, plus sort of inbox goodies. And it might be pig badges. They've confirmed there's a, a, a Michael silhouette pig badge. Might be a poster for other releases. They've had, for Goodfellas, they had like a recipe card. You know, they've done different things. But whether this one's going to be worth a triple dip, I don't know. It, it's. I think you're right. I think the third release in as many years when not just the sequel hasn't even hit disc yet. Exactly. But just, but just in general, there are... You know, Titans of Cult now work with Warner Brothers and now Universal. There are so many other films in both companies' vaults that you would class more of a cult film mm. and that haven't yet had any form of Steelbook release. Because I know. Certainly not, certainly not one for a while. And I know the, the original Halloween, the original John Carpenter Halloween, has had a recent resurgence and has had a 4K transfer, which yeah. is, is on the list to acquire. I personally would have preferred to have seen that get a Titans of Cult treatment. Yeah. One, I don't have it, but two, yeah. it's just had its 4K transfer. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of them, with Titans of Cult, obviously they're limited by the studios. I think Halloween, the original Halloween, is with Lionsgate at the moment. So that's beyond their kind of deal, I guess, that they have at the minute. But... There are, sorry, I've gone completely off track here. What was the last thing you said? I think they should have done a Titans of Cult original Halloween. Yeah, that that would have been nice. That would have been nice. Um, I, I, I think, obviously, they're limited by the deals they have with the different studios. And, and a film like Halloween, those kind of late 70s, early 80s films, the rights change hands 
a lot because ultimately they were independent movies. Yeah, um, I think I think at the minute that one's with Lionsgate. They released the last 4K uh, release. Although Shout Factory in America have actually just released a 4K version as well, one of their own. So so yeah, I I think in general Titans of Cult could be a little bit more brave perhaps in their choices. Obviously they can't release a title without the studio's permission and the studio is going to want to release a title that they think is going to make them some money. Whereas, you know, to the collector and the fan, would hope that films that would be released to the ones that you think deserve a release. Money is not necessarily the thing that's at the top of your mind kind of thing. So yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah, I get that completely. The art- artistic wishes versus financial reality, which <laughs> often don't, don't really come together. Nobody likes financial reality. <laughs> no, no one, no, exactly. Have we got a date for that yet, or is it just up for pre-order? Just, well, it's not even up for pre-order yet. They're just kind of teasing the release at the moment. Cheeky. I think with Casino Royale, which was their previously announced one, that's due for release in January. So I'm guessing February, March for this one. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm just hoping that now they've signed at Warner's and Universal finally other studios will jump on board and maybe the the range will expand to include stuff that really is cult you know not just because as much as i love their release of batman 1989 i wouldn't call that a cult film that's like a huge blockbuster you know but there we go there we go okay what what's up next then we're gonna play a game like so it's a lot less a <laughs> lot less blood and torture fantastic that's this good. Might become a regular thing. I mean, at the end of the day, it's we're, it's all well and good us talking rubbish and our opinions, but I think it's important to put our money where our mouth is in terms of film buffs. So we devised a game where, well, we've devised one game where we'll put film quotes to each other and whoever gets the most wins absolutely nothing. So I haven't got a name for it other than... Presenter challenge five movie quotes to each. No Google or IMDb allowed. That trips off the tongue, doesn't it? I think and that's, that's what we have written in our notes. But we do need a, a jingle for it. So if you can fit that title into the jingle with a jaunty tune, then yeah, yeah, perfect. And hopefully this is where it will go if I can do it in time. <laughs> Otherwise, you've just got me saying that. <laughs> well, I'm just saying for next time we will need a jingle. <laughs> but so. Go on. The premise is nice and easy. Famous movie quotes quiz. As an example, I'd ask Mark, Mark, here is your first movie quote. I'm looking for a film and a bonus point if you can tell me the character that said it. Oh, go on. So the quote, Toto, I've got a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. And you'd say? (sighs) Oh, Jason Bourne. The Bourne supremacy. The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy, no points. Okay, but the premise is nice and easy. You get a point for the film and a point for the character. Okay. You ready to play? Well, the point for the character bit is news to me. Well, so I, I keep I can in only the offer toes. You, I can only offer you one point in return, but we'll let's see how we go. Go on, then. Have a you crack. Go so, first. five you quotes, go. total of ten points. Yep. Cue suspense music. If my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Well, that's Doc Brown, Back to the Future. Two points. Right then, my girl. Excuse me, but I couldn't help but notice that strange and interesting plant in the window. That would be Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, very good. And it's the man that's singing to... No, it's Seymour. That is Seymour. No, that's one of the customers. 
Ah, of course it is. Well, that's just, you didn't know that bit, so that's fair. That's all right. That's all right. Okay, you'll go. Also, that that's a film that should get Titans of Cult. I love that movie. Do you know? I was actually thinking that as I was talking. We're in the game. We're in the game. Let's not get distracted. We're in the game. <laughs> okay, I'm not. I'm not. I was going to do the impressions, but I'm not going. Here's the quote: Stop your grinning and drop your linen. That's. Hudson in Aliens. I mean, two four for four. Technically, I'm impressed with that. that is Aliens Private Hudson? It is right then. Terminate with extreme prejudice. Oh. I mean, my brain went to Terminator because, but you would have given it away. That's not a one I can remember. But I'm going to take a hit at RoboCop. No, it's Apocalypse Now. Yeah, definitely haven't seen that. So that's fair enough. Oh, okay. Come right, okay. So, so, we, so what we're going to do with these podcasts is clearly anything that I don't understand has to go on a list of me to watch. Yes, clearly. Okay, right. Go on. Your, your turn. <laughs> Mine are really Number easy. Th- I wish we checked this before starting. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Number three. Oh, I'm just going to make them up now. Now, is is a quote. We're putting the band back together. Oh, I'll do. I'll, I'll do. I'll do it in style. We're putting the band back together. That doesn't help. That's okay. Hard. I'm. I'm impressed, and I'm impressed that you don't know this. We've put no. No, I do. I do. We're putting the band back together. Shit. Gonna have to rush you because I can't edit give, out your. Give me a clue. John Landis film, I believe. Oh, uh, Blues Brothers. You're definitely not having that. Oh. But I realised I've put the character down. However, both the main characters say this, so you can have half a point. <laughs> it was Blues Brothers. It okay, was indeed. Right. Okay, okay. Bloody hell, it's a long time since I've seen Blues Brothers, to be fair. Okay. This one is, is two people talking, right? Okay. I, I don't do impressions, so they're both going to sound exactly the same. It's strange. Maybe. Who am I to judge? Yeah, yeah, I've got a clue. Doctor Strange. Oh. Where's Caecilius? And he's is asking what his name is. It's, that's it's, that's such an obscure quote from a well, film what? that's very famous. From an MCU. There's no such thing as an obscure quote when it comes to the MCU. I'm sorry. They, <laughs> right. I wish I'd changed mine. <laughs> you need to step up your game for next time. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to rewatch everything I've ever seen and hope it sticks. Damn right. Go on, your turn. Number four. It's like, how much more black could this be? And the answer is none. None more black. This is Spinal Tap. Correct. Can you tell me the character for an extra? Dan, none more black. Nigel Tuffnell. Oh, I'm impressed. That's another two Thank points. You. What's wrong with being sexy? Sexist, Nigel. Sexist. <laughs> Such a great Sorry. movie. Smell the glass. He's called Lick My Love Pump. It's, right. I thought you didn't do impressions. <laughs> you got to 11. My impressions go up to 11. It's like you're Michael Caine. It's, it's, Isn't it? Oh, it's uncanny. Anyway. There's not a lot of people know that. <laughs> I really don't know impressions. You do now. You're fucking cutting that one out. Right, my turn. <laughs> my turn. <clears throat> this is a maximum security prison, and you have no weapons of any kind. That's where it finishes? Yep. Okay, thought you'd gone on mute. Right. I 
think... Right, so I'll talk you through my thought process, and it's going to be a really long gap. Maximum security prisons. So films about max... Maximum... Films about maximum security prisons. My brain straight went to Shawshank because I don't think you're going to keep picking obscure films like Doctor Strange. Yeah, that that little scene film called Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> tiny budget, basically a B movie. And maximum security. It's not the Green Mile. I I, I, I think you've I think you've pulled another MCU because it might have been Guardians of the Galaxy number one, but I don't think you'd be too Shawshank Redemption. No, not a clue. Alien 3. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> when Ripley's talking to the warden. Ah, uh, I... I mean, that's a segment for another day. I don't like Alien 3. I, I like my films, I promise. <laughs> right, okay. We, cle- one, we, we clearly pick different calibre for films. We clearly do. <laughs> right. Right, go on then. Last one. Good morning, Roz, my succulent little garden snail. And who will we be scaring today? Monsters Inc. Yeah, you, I, you, you walked it. <laughs> Key character for an extra bloody point. Oh, Mike Wazowski. Good enough. <laughs> okay, my last one. This one. If you do not get this one, I will be disgusted. Right. Are you ready? No. I assume you are our mysterious party crasher. You're most troublesome for a security guard. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there is an opening for another presenter on this show. <laughs> oh, come on. Troublesome security really? guard. You're almost trouble. No, I'm not even going to do an impression because it doesn't sound anything like him anyway. <laughs> I've got a clue. Die Hard. I've never seen it. <laughs> Every year I say to my missus, we're going to watch it at Christmas, do we? No! I am disgusted. Well, Culture Trumpet Podcast, it's been phenomenal uh, hosting yeah. two episodes for you, a pleasure. But I've been sacked. Well. I mean, Jesus. I don't need to say you've won, because clearly you have. <laughs> but you've got eight and a half points there, which is a sterling effort. But Thank you. And we can move on. We don't need to know how many points I didn't get. <laughs> well, there so, we go. If you enjoyed me humiliating myself, not knowing the films I think I know, let us know and we'll do it again. And Mark will actually pick films people might have seen. I think you're in the minority there because you are one of the only people who's never seen Die Hard. Yes. So let's, you know, (laughs) let's apportion blame where it firmly belongs. (laughs) (laughs) Right then, so. Okay, so sweeping Dan's crushing defeat uh, I hate quickly, my job. Under the, quickly under the carpet we'll move on to something he does know something about which is kind of gaming and, and tech things so we're kind of here to do all areas of culture um, and in kind of modern times gaming is obviously a big part of entertainment now it's something I kind of dabble in I've, I've got an Xbox Series X and I kind of play mainly racing games a little bit of metal gear solid and halo now and then but mainly racing games but i think dan there's still an issue isn't there around availability for for a lot of these consoles i I was quite lucky to get my xbox when i did it was a blink and you miss it it's in stock now it's gone again but but more than a year later they still seem to be having troubles so firstly crushing defeat is really upsetting because it was my idea to do that game so moving on from that and i can get my word in (laughs) mark's mark's not wrong he 
It's very lucky, man, to get an Xbox Series X, and I was going to ask you, how the hell did you do it? I call myself a gamer. I do have an Xbox Series S, but at the moment it's a glorified Blu-ray player. I use a gaming computer for most things. Can I stop you a second? Go for it. The Series S doesn't have a Blu-ray drive. Do you mean a 1S? Ah, thank you, sir. It's all right. Start again. We'll get complaints otherwise. Yeah. Okay. I call myself a gamer. I do have an Xbox S. I've done it again. One S. One S. <laughs> I do have an Xbox One S, but it is a glorified Blu-ray player at the moment. I've been a PC gamer, quote-unquote, for this now. So I've built a few computers. I like sim games. I like my first-person shooters. But sim, sims is where I'm at. So flight sim is what this computer that I'm currently using was built for. And I decided to build one during a pandemic when there were no parts available. <laughs> and, I, and it wasn't even just the graphics. My CPU you couldn't get. You couldn't mm. get the uh, the GPU, certainly. But even the cases, mm. motherboards were out of stock. So yeah. like a lot of people, I signed up to Stock Alert websites, Stock Alert discords, and I managed to get my brand new NVIDIA 3000 series GPU on Christmas Eve. Oh, nice. Of all days, stock was dropping then. So I just wanted to sort of raise the fact that if you're a gamer, it's still really bad. You can't Mm. walk into a shop. Like, back when I was younger, and Mark, I'm sure you can remember those days decades ago when you could walk into a store and pick up a console that had been out, like a new next-gen console. You know, I remember being able to go to Asda and buying a 360. Mm, mm-hmm, However, mm-hmm. we are over a year now since the PS5 and the Xbox Series consoles have come out, and you still can't walk into game of all places mm. to buy one. And yeah. if you were a parent and your child last year said for Christmas, I'd really like an Xbox a Series X or Series mm. S, mm. and it was, sorry, Santa won't be able to get you one this year because you couldn't yeah. get stock. I think there's going to be thousands of parents having the same conversations with their kids this year. Mm. Yeah. which causes psychological effect on a child, I'd assume. But what's mad for me as, as, a, as a techie person is the fact that none of this has got under control in the sense yeah. of it's not just consoles that are becoming a problem now. It's the importing. It's the manufacturing. Yeah, it, it does seem to be kind of at all levels. I mean, yeah, I, I was really lucky to get the Xbox and it kind of, the, the, the Series X, it kind of popped up and literally I was I was there and five minutes later they were all gone. But you're right, it, it's kind of at all levels now because I, I don't use my PC for gaming, but I have a decent meaty PC and I've got other other plenty of IT. I work in IT. So as most people who work in IT, I've got a ton of computers and bits everywhere, right? So about six months ago, I got a little four-bay NAS box for network storage, and I bought a couple of eight-terabyte drives to go in there. They were £150 each. I was looking again the other day just to pick up a couple more, because ideally, you, you know, if you're using them in a NAS, you need to be identical specs, so you, you want the same maker model for the same performance. They'd, they'd gone up by £30 each, which you know, is, is a huge price increase. And there's, as you say, there's a variety of factors. There's there's obviously just the, the kind of logistical imports just seem to be screwed at the minute in general. In the factories, clearly, you know, the, the pandemic has, has, I guess, caused staffing issues where, where, where they just don't have 
the number of employees, perhaps, to run the factories. Again, like many in industry at the moment in the UK, I'm just surprised that something that I assumed was robotically manufactured, I I would say. Yeah. Their PCBs printed, assembled, shipped and gone. Yeah. I'm amazed that, yeah, like I say, you still can't just walk into a store that is designed for these things to be sold in and you can't get it. Yeah. But but again, I suppose, you know, you look at the, the issues that have been reported where there are shortage of, of haulage drivers yeah. that are causing, you know, stock problems in supermarkets. Well, haulage drivers don't just deliver to supermarkets, they deliver to toy shops and electrical stores and, and all the rest. So I guess it, it can have an effect over a whole range. But yeah, it, it's it's a frustrating one because obviously I'm, I'm sure Microsoft and Sony would love nothing more than be able to double production and, and yeah. sell every last one that they make. So it must be just as frustrating for them as, as it is for everyone else. And, you know, contrast to the console, the, the, the desktop computer graphics card situation hasn't got any better mm. you still come to scan.co.uk this is not an advert and buy a graphics card you you really still need to get into the queue like everybody else when the stock well, drops and it's mm. i i have never seen anything like this in the world of tech mm. other than the fact that they used to oversell things and you know a couple of hundred orders would get cancelled yeah the stock doesn't exist full stop and it's it's sad mm, crazy as i say i mean i'm not a pc gamer but but yeah, I guess if, if if that's what you're into, if that's your thing, it must be so frustrating not to be able to pick up because they, it, it's not, and the thing is as well, it's not stopped companies announcing new products. And that's but, that's the thing I was going to come on to, which was right now is as of today, I know people that have had a PlayStation 5 and have recently sold it for a profit to CX. Um, so not ooh. scalping, no. which is a whole other issue for another oh, day. yeah. yeah sold it legitimately back to a company who were going to sell it on for quite a bit more. But he made 150 quid on it. And I right. said to him, you were one of the lucky people to get one of these consoles. Why? Why do you sell it? Yeah. And he said, I've played everything I want to at the moment. I'll buy it next year when it's slightly cheaper. Stock's um, not a problem. Um, and there's a smaller form factor of the console. Yeah. And, you know, you've got the company behind the Spider-Man game that came out originally as an exclusive on PlayStation 4, mm. um, announcing Spider-Man 2 and a The Wolverine game. Now, yes. I, I had no plans to buy a PlayStation 5, but as a mm. massive Wolverine fan and a fan of the Spider-Man PS4 game, that might be the console I dip on, because anything you can play on the Xbox, you can likely play on a PC these days with Game Pass. Yes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, you know, it's sort of, you've got a problem with buying an Xbox, but if you manage to get a graphics card, happy days, because you can likely play it on your computer. Yeah. I mean, I, I did use to game on the PC, and, you know, what kind of drew me to Xbox originally was the fact that I'd spent two or three hundred pounds on a graphics card. And then you go, right, now the processor's my bottleneck, so now I need a new processor. Exactly. Uh, now I need more RAM. And it's this constant three-way battle. And obviously then at some point you need a new motherboard. And before you know it, you're spending a thousand pounds a year just, just keeping up. Or you can spend 300 quid on an Xbox and you know that the game will play brilliantly. Mm. And as the as the machine matures, the developers learn how to get more out of the machine. You know, games produced towards the end of the Xbox One and 360's life looked far better than the ones produced at the beginning. I mean, I, the- as an example there, throwing Grand Theft Auto 5, one, 
Beating a Dead Horse comes to mind because mm. they're re-releasing it for the seventeenth time now. Yeah, yeah. For next next gen, but that came mm. out originally for the three sixty, like you say. Yeah. Then they did it on PC. Then it came out for the ones, and now it's coming out for that series. It's but GTA Five did look phenomenal on a three sixty. Yeah. So I think uh, that's where I I kind of dropped PC gaming because it was just money after money after money. Or like I say, I could spend two or three hundred pounds on a machine that's going to last me two or three years at least until the next iteration comes out. Yeah. And I know I'm going to get a consistent experience playing the games. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, like Mark, I work in tech. I use a computer far more than my console for doing stuff. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. I dabble in music production, podcast hosting, and I felt like I've always wanted a computer as my backup. You know, I could live without my Xbox. I really could. But it's it's a weird state of affairs where you yeah, you can't go buy the new thing that came out a year ago. <laughs> you know, think about it in a different context. Look at Apple, for example. They've brought out two f- new flagship model phones, each mm-hmm. with varying degrees of kit underneath that. So the iPhone 13's got, what, two, two or three variants? Yeah. You never hear about Apple having stock issues which is just a, a fun observation that I've noticed. Mm. But it does suck if you're a console gamer at the moment. And if any of our listeners happens to get a next-gen console, let us know how you got it. I'm genuinely mm. curious. If you were like Mark and just clocked it one day and bought it, kudos if you joined a stock drop like I did. I'm still struggling. Yeah. No, it, it, it is infuriating. It is. And, well, the Apple is a whole other discussion, but... I think sometimes some of these issues get reported more than others. And I think... That's true. I think Apple... I don't want to... I'm going to... Not that I'm anti-Apple. It's just that I'm (laughs) anti-Apple. But but they have a thing where there are certain areas of the press who kind of unquestioningly just parrot the press releases. Okay. And so I think Apple may well be struggling to get hold of the components just as much as any other manufacturer, but it just doesn't get reported on. And I wonder if you looked at the sales figures, you'd see that the figures for the latest releases are lower than the last one, but okay. it just doesn't get picked. And I'm, I'm just, you know, thinking out loud. I don't, I'm not sat in front of any stats at the minute to back that theory up, but I think sometimes some, some areas and companies get reported on a lot more than others. I think some maybe get a free pass sometimes. Sure. That's, that's perhaps a discussion for another day about Apple. Cause I've got lots of things to say about Apple. And I'll shut <laughs> up now. But no, you're right. I think it's crazy that, that, that a, a year on, you know, we've got Sony and Microsoft still seemingly unable to meet demand, and the demand is there. Yep. You, you, you look at, you know, I, I I followed for a while some different Twitter accounts that would announce the minute anything was in stock, and they've got thousands of followers, tens of thousands of followers. The demand is absolutely there. If, if, they, if, 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 if Sony and Microsoft both magically pulled 10 million consoles out the backsides tomorrow they would sell every single last one of them instantly. Do you know? I mean, there's no, it's not like the demand isn't there. So as I said earlier, I'm sure they're just as frustrated as, as the consumers. It's a sad state of affairs, but 
you know, maybe with the world actually, you know, prop, the world is reopening to a degree. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the pandemic hasn't gone away. I don't think it's going to go away for a while, but I'm not no. going to get into that because I know lots of different people on the internet have very different views on it, but something is holding them up. If you can get one, brilliant. I'd love to know how you're getting one because, again, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. And as two people in tech, you know, it's quite cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I was just going to say, obviously, that we're talking here about Sony and Microsoft, but obviously the, the other one is Nintendo. And they've been fairly quiet until recently, I think. Have they announced an upgrade to their Switch now? So from my understanding, again, obviously coming into this without really researching things, the Switch has been out for a number of years, done very mm-hmm. well. They released a Switch Lite, which you couldn't dock. It was just a handheld That's, console. Yes, yeah. But now they're bringing out a Switch OLED model. Now, from my understanding, it's just a screen update. There's no, perfor- as far as I'm aware anyway, there's mm. not much, if any, performance in the brain, the brains and the graphical power itself. So I find okay. that quite an interesting move. And I'm not even certain there's a battery upgrade. Oh, right, okay. But those were a console that went, out of stock very, very quickly during the first part of our pandemic in the UK. Yeah. Because I imagine lots of kids were at home and the Nintendo is a very child-friendly console. Yes, yeah. I think Nintendo really did well, and and they have done for a while, haven't they? I think they've they've realised they can't necessarily compete with Sony and Microsoft in terms of horsepower of the machines. Yeah. The graphical kind of intensity and, 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 and so on. But where they can compete is the kind of pick up and play ability mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so with with the, the with the wii they have the the nunchuck controllers and and they kind of come up with new ways of playing without necessarily being cutting edge on on the specs and i think the switch worked well in a similar way this kind of portable machine but you could also dock it and detach the controllers and and all that very kind of clever and like you say more more kid friendly and it was it was a console you could have plugged into your TV, or you could take it off in the car for the journeys, you know. Yeah, and uh, they they got a really cool feature where you can sort of daisy-chain switches. So there's certain games where you can play with your friends who also have a controller, and it uses both screens on a table. Oh, okay. So okay. there's a game, 51 arcade games or something like that, where you can do hmm. a race, like a slot car game, connect your switches together and draw a course, which I thought was really cool. That's clever. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they've got they've they've certainly like I said the the, the kind of fun factor and the playability that they, they know what they're doing yeah. there don't they definitely definitely you know that you're never going to have the next AAA title on a Switch but you know you're going to get family friendly fun that you know the Switch has always been your grandparents yeah. can play it the older people that don't game or the non gamers can play it everybody's played Mario Kart very intuitive kind yeah. of designs aren't they yeah yeah. Okay. Interesting, though, that they're upgrading the screen, but it doesn't seem like they're making them 4K or improving battery or... I do or wonder if it's there. an interim thing that was nice and easy that they could do, and it's ready mm. for Switch 2, for example, which I imagine would be, and, yeah. you know, yeah. better battery. Especially if it's a handheld console, you think the battery would be phenomenal. And we own a Switch in this house, but okay. it's, not, it's not my console, so I don't play it. Yeah. And it's usually docked into the telly. Right. Okay. Okay, well, we, yeah, we'll be interested to see what they've got lined up for a, as a proper replacement then, rather than just kind of an interim upgrade. So that's it. That's episode one 
of the Culture Trumpet podcast. Um, if you've stayed this long, thank you. I commend you. It's very difficult to get through our ramblings. But if you have any comments, please make some. We had some comments on the pilot, which was really nice. And I think mm-hmm. I can speak for both myself and Mark that people actually listened and that surprised us. Yeah, absolutely. It's fantastic. I, I didn't really know what to expect going into this in terms of listeners, but we had literally numbers of downloads. So In the first couple of days as well. Yeah. And, you know, this is a bit of fun. We mm-hmm. do it off our own backs, currently using free plans for things. Yep. And if this is nonsense that people like listening to for their coffee in the morning or a commute, hey, that's cool. We're, yep. we're quite happily to spend an hour or so of our lives making nonsense on the internet for you guys. This is absolutely. This is how those people made millions on YouTube. Absolutely, <laughs> make me a millionaire, goddammit. No, absolutely. And, and we, we kind of we've got some ideas of, of for things to cover in upcoming episodes, um, but we're always open to suggestions and ideas. So if there's anything you kind of want want us to discuss, do let us know. Let's just see where it goes. Really, keep downloading, keep listening, spread the word. Like and subscribe. Leave reviews. Oh God, we're, we've sold out you know, already. Episode one. Now we're on. <laughs> we're on. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We're all over. You can't miss us. We're not sponsored, but we'd like to. If anyone wants to sponsor us, that's great. You know, I'll I'll ramble on about Squarespace for five minutes. I don't care. Um, but yeah, please do listen. Spread the word if you like it. Let other people know. Feedback is always welcome. Email address is podcast at culturetrumpet.com so feel free to drop us a like and we'll we'll keep going if you keep listening so be careful what you wish for yes if Is you keep listening we will come back <laughs> <laughs> well we will come back because I, I can't wait for our next round of the movie quote game i can I really wait. enjoyed that thanks for listening everybody we've been mark and dan at the culture trumpet podcast bye bye